Welcome to a couple of Rad Techs podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have years of experience, exactly 30 years in the field, and we are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. We have Dr. Carmen Eccles, medical doctor. I am going to give her a proper welcome, and I'm just going to ask Dr. Eccles if she could unmute herself. Dr. Eccles is a board-certified family medicine physician who has provided primary care services to Georgia's Southeast DeKalb County area for almost eight years. Her primary area of interest is chronic disease, specifically high blood pressure, high cholesterol and diabetes prevention and management. She helps patients and their families break the generational cycle of complications due to the aforementioned conditions that through public speaking and community education. And we want to welcome Dr. Carmen Eccles. Her topic is going to be don't blame your genes for diabetes. So let's all welcome Dr. Eccles. I am going to spotlight Dr. Eccles. I see you there. There we go. I spotlighted the wrong person. They had their name right above yours and it knocked knocked my, my mouse up there. Thank you so much, Dr. Eccles, for joining us today. We are excited to have you. And Oh my goodness, everybody is, this is a topic that is so popular and it is one that is much needed. So I have seen your Facebook program and I've seen you speak and it is amazing. And I just want to tell people, you are about what you're speaking about. You go out, I see on your Instagram, you're always out with your family, out in nature, enjoying things. And I actually saw you on Instagram and saw, you popped up in my, I think we have people in common and you popped up gardening. That's how I actually noticed you. And I was doing my gardening at the time. So I just reached out and, you know, commented about your garden because a lot of people, I was actually in a clubhouse room today and a lot of people were talking about how doctors, oh, they're not into prevention. And I'm like, I, I see differently. Mm-hmm. Working in healthcare for 20 years, I know a lot of physicians, especially the newer ones coming in, they are all about prevention. And that is you. Yes, it is me indeed. So I've given a little, you know, synopsis of who you are, but please tell our audience who you are and what you came to talk about, because we've all heard people say, well, it's in my genes. I'm going to have diabetes. But Dr. Eccles is here to tell us differently. So again, I'm Dr. Carmen Eccles. I help patients and their family break the generational cycle of death and devastation due to diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure through community education, and essentially making sure that people get outside. Getting outside is so important for our physical, our spiritual, and our mental health. And I just have a quick few things that I wanted to say about diabetes in general. So plan is so we can understand exactly what diabetes is, type 1 and type 2. They are different. Um, Learning about insulin resistance and its role in prediabetes and diabetes and also being more informed about diabetes complications and discussing diabetes prevention as well. Prevention is key. I am big on prevention. So I have a couple of the typical doctor numbers and figures there, but as you'll see, the statistics show that basically what this slide is telling you is a quarter of adults in the U.S., had prediabetes in 2018. Just to get an understanding of what that is, back 
several years ago, it used to be considered borderline diabetes, but apparently the medical community felt that people weren't taking borderline diabetes quite as seriously as they should. So they actually changed it and started calling it prediabetes. So type one and type two diabetes, there is a difference. Type one is autoimmune, where basically the body recognizes the beta cells in the pancreas as something foreign starts to attack them and then you can't produce insulin. And type one diabetics, essentially they need to inject insulin or have an insulin pump in order to survive. That doesn't mean that they are not, well, that they shouldn't apply lifestyle modification, but I'll explain that later why definitely lifestyle modification is important. Type 2 diabetes is due to insulin resistance, and I'll explain a little bit about that a few slides down. That can be managed with lifestyle modifications as well. It really should be. And a person with type 2 diabetes may need oral medication and or insulin. But we have risk factors. So typically you see type 1 diabetes in children. You think in terms of children who are diagnosed with diabetes, it's typically type 1. It shows up sort of early. Adults, usually you get type 2. The unfortunate thing is, however, because of obesity being an epidemic in the United States, you're actually starting to see children who are overweight or who have poor dietary habits or who are sedentary and sit in front of screens a lot, they're actually being diagnosed with what was once upon a time considered adult onset diabetes or diabetes type 2. Other risk factors, if your mom, dad, brother, sister have diabetes, type 1 or type 2, that can increase your risk. As a matter of fact, if you have one parent who was diagnosed with diabetes, you have a 50% risk, 50% chance of developing it later. If you have two parents diagnosed, you have an 80% chance of developing it later. And of course, we talk about pre-diabetes. If you are a Black or Indigenous person of color, going back to physical activity, which of course leads to obesity, medications, if you're on chronic steroids, if you're on some psychiatric medications, if you had a history of gestational diabetes or gave birth to a baby greater than nine pounds, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which you can see in patients who have obesity, and then sleep disturbances. If you don't get good sleep, if you are asleep, if you're a shift worker, if you're staying up later than you should because you're stressed or whatever the case may be, your cortisol levels can go up which can actually affect your blood sugar levels. Also too, patients who have sleep apnea, they may have underlying diabetes as well, which can actually predispose them to type two diabetes. So a little bit about insulin resistance. So we're eating our standard American diet, high carb diet, fast food diet. As a result, we constantly have high blood sugar. So the pancreas is putting out insulin naturally to help lower our blood sugar. But after a while, we get so much sugar, our blood essentially gets oversaturated with glucose. The pancreas is starting to get tired. It keeps pumping out more insulin. Those insulin receptors become resistant. The blood sugar that the cells need to, in order to function can't really get inside the cell. It stays in our blood. The pancreas, again, is still working, pumping out that insulin. Our cells don't get the energy source from the sugar. So guess what? We feel hungry. As a result, we're going to go back to that high-carb diet, which can lead to the health problems. 
obesity and all the other health conditions that come with that, such as high blood pressure and high cholesterol as well. And it's sort of a vicious cycle. I often tell my patients that they see insulin resistance first before the blood sugar starts to change. So I'm starting to ask my patients now, because unfortunately, sometimes insurance does not cover these things. Hey, I see you have a family history of type 2 diabetes in a parent or in a sibling. Your last blood sugar, your last fasting blood sugar was normal. Do you mind if I check a fasting insulin on you? Because again, your insulin levels can be elevated, but you can have completely normal blood sugar and you will not show up as pre-diabetic, even though you're heading down that path. So symptoms, I'm sure many of us are aware of those symptoms. You have fatigue, you have increased thirst, increased urination, numbness, tingling in your hands and feet, blurry vision, and yeast infections. A lot of patients are surprised, like, huh, yeast infections? So for my patients, of course, assuming that sometimes they like bread, sometimes they make their own bread, I said, okay, so how do you render your yeast? Eat warm water and sugar. That's what activates your yeast. So yes, if your body is being hydrated, there's lots of hydration there, possibly overweight, you may sweat in your creases. And then you also have high sugar levels. That's a breeding ground for yeast. So yes, your yeast levels will be up and you can have yeast infection. So a little bit about diagnosis. So what is an A1C? An A1C is essentially your three-month average of your blood sugar readings condensed into a percentage. So for someone who is pre-diabetic, their A1C will be between 5.7 and 6.4. However, the patient who has an A1C of 5.6, I will let them know you're in the danger zone. Be careful. You do not want to shift into prediabetes. And for the patients who are diabetic, the A1C is equal to or greater than 6.5. You can also diagnose diabetes and prediabetes through blood glucose levels. So a finger stick or if you go to your doctor and they just draw your blood. So prediabetics may have a fasting glucose range between 100 and 125. Those who are diabetic are going to have fasting glucose over 126. So the diagnosis is if on two separate occasions, your fasting blood sugar is over 126, that's the diagnosis of diabetes or a one-time random glucose of over 200. And of course, if your blood sugar is over 200, you're not normally used to having blood sugars that high. You may have some of those symptoms that I mentioned before. So things that you should talk to your doctor about. Another thing that I'm big on, in addition to prevention, is I like for my patients to communicate with me. Come in, ask questions. I'm not afraid to answer them. If I don't know the answers to the questions, I will find somebody who does know the answer. I'll phone a friend in a sense. So these are things that should be checked, honestly, at every visit. Things like your weight, your BMI, your blood pressure, that type of thing, and things that also need to be checked at follow-up visits as well. As you'll see later on, one thing that people with diabetes can get are some eye complications as well. So it's very important to go to an ophthalmologist and get your annual eye exam. And just another little hint right there too, um, if you're on metformin for diabetes or even for prediabetes, it's essential that you get your B12 levels checked as so treatment, as I mentioned earlier, for type 1 diabetics, you do want to have lifestyle modification because you do want to do your part to not have high circulating blood sugar levels. You want to make sure to eat that reduced carb, reduced saturated fat, 
high fiber diet. And again, they will be treated with insulin. So with type 2 diabetics, you want lifestyle modification as well. However, the treatment is a little bit different. Your physician may put you on oral medication, which will include pills. How do the pills work? Different ways. Some pills actually work with the body's natural insulin to make the person more insulin sensitive. So you're using your own insulin to lower your blood sugar. Other pills may actually activate your system to produce even more insulin to help bring your blood sugar levels down. Unfortunately, side effects of some of those medications are weight gain. And you have non-insulin injectables as well that are relatively new to the market. They're not brand new. They're just more of them coming out that actually slows the body's digestive tract down so you feel fuller, you don't have the high blood sugar spikes, and your body can actually digest the food as it should. And then, of course, insulin, we're all familiar with insulin. You get that blood sugar down in a hurry, inject some insulin. And typically, my patients come in, their A1C is above 10. I start them off on insulin. They get a little disgruntled. I said, look, the goal is to get off of this. And there have been patients who have actually totally gotten off of their insulin. So complications for diabetes, of course, you can have the opposite effect. You can have hypoglycemia, which is usually a side effect of the medications that cause the body to actually secrete more insulin. It may lower the blood sugar too fast. Or if you're injecting too much insulin, you can have hypoglycemia as well, especially if you're injecting insulin and not eating. So I want to make that note. I'm sure people have heard about DKA, but there's something actually called HHS as well. With DKA, your blood sugar gets crazy high. It can be 600 to 1,000 either. It can lead to coma. You wind up being in the hospital. And type 2 diabetics have something similar called HHS, where the blood sugar is still very high, though not necessarily quite 1,000. You can also have issues with potassium levels, bicarb levels with both of those. Cardiovascular disease. So you can actually develop stroke and heart attack as well as diabetes is a vascular condition. The blood sugar actually damages the blood vessels and it can lead to cardiovascular disease. And we're all familiar with kidney disease that can lead to dialysis as well with diabetes. Diabetic neuropathy which can lead to amputations. And essentially what happens with neuropathy is the nerves aren't firing properly. So the nerves aren't telling the blood vessels, hey, we need more blood flow to this area. It's damaged. It needs to be healed. As a result, person with diabetes can develop foot ulcers because they step on something sharp. They walk outside with no shoes on. Yes, I have patients that do that, unfortunately. And they wind up damaging the skin, the blood vessels don't know, hey, it's time for us to send blood flow and good blood cells to help heal that area. And then they develop foot ulcers and then that can lead to possibly amputation. I want to mention too, gastroparesis is actually another form of diabetic neuropathy. The nerves to the stomach don't function as they should. It doesn't tell the stomach to, hey, there's food in you. You need to grind it and push it through and the food will just sit there. And it can cause really bad stomach pain for someone with diabetes. Diabetic retinopathy, I mentioned that briefly. Making sure you get your diabetic eye exam. Abnormal blood vessels can grow on the retina and that can cause blindness. And another thing, another eye condition that is increased in persons with 
type 2 diabetes especially, is glaucoma as well. And lastly, sexual dysfunction. A lot of my patients come in, they want to talk about everything else, but when I start asking about sexual dysfunction, they get a little bit uncomfortable, but it's also a very real thing. Again, those nerves aren't communicating to the blood vessels that actually stimulate arousal. It can cause vaginal dryness in women, and it can result in painful sex for women, actually. And then, of course, erectile dysfunction as well. Those nerves not connecting to the blood vessels that help men get an erection so they can perform sexually. I love prevention. And sometimes prevention and treatment are actually one and the same. If you are at risk for diabetes, you want annual monitoring for the development of diabetes. You want to also achieve and maintain a weight loss of 5 to 7% of your starting weight. And I want to mention too, don't hesitate to consult with a personal trainer regarding this because you want to lose weight following a healthy diet not a fat diet, and you want to make sure that you're losing body fat, not muscle. So that's that's really be five to seven percent of your starting weight in body fat. Muscle is your friend. You want muscle. All right. Moderate intensity physical activity to include cardio and strength training. For heart health, it should be 150 minutes per week. For weight loss, you want to do 150 minutes to 300 minutes a week. You can also do, if you're pre-diabetic, a CDC-recognized lifestyle change program. I encourage you to talk with your physician about that. If you have diabetes, not if you have diabetes, but if you're at risk for diabetes and or if you are found to be pre-diabetic, you can get a jump on that. Stop diabetes dead dead in its tracks. Screening for and treating modifiable cardiovascular disease factors. I mentioned before, making sure that the blood pressure is under control, making sure cholesterol is under control, weight loss. And also too, if you're smoking, stop smoking. If you've not started smoking, don't start. And stress reduction, as I mentioned before, making sure those cortisol levels are kept at bay. Metformin has actually been shown to slow down the progression of diabetes again, because you're actually, metformin is the medication that you can take to actually work with your body to make you more insulin sensitive instead of insulin resistant. So that's how metformin can actually slow down the progression to diabetes. And a Mediterranean diet versus the American Heart Association diet. Both are good. However, the Mediterranean diet is higher in fat, primarily good fats. So your olive oil, your almonds, your flaxseed oil even. It's a lot of emphasis on those, as well as fresh fruits and vegetables and if you do eat lean meat. The American Heart Association diet has less of an emphasis on fat and actually focuses more on low-fat dairy as part of this plan, in addition to everything else I mentioned. A lot of things I hear about my hear from my patients, Doc, eating healthy costs too much. Well, here's some things that you can do to reduce the cost. Focus on the dirty dozen and clean 15. Don't run out and start buying everything that is organic. If you focus on this list, what this list is, it's an actual trademark list that will actually tell you what foods are best gotten organic to decrease the pesticide burden. So those foods that are on the Dirty Dozen, get those organic. Clean 15, those don't have to be organic if cost is an issue. If cost isn't an issue, by all means, get all your fresh produce organic. Meal planning. Chef Charlene gave us a wonderful example how you can make a meal, make a dish, 
and spread it out so it will taste differently over different over time. Different use the same ingredients for completely different meals. Also, you can use our Instapot or Crock-Pot if you're short on time. And recipe websites are wonderful too. My personal favorite is Skinny Taste. And also too, it's a family affair. I am big on generational health. A lot of people say, well, I want to eat healthy, but my kids, not buying that at all. Go ahead and cook what you want to eat and serve it to your children. My children are three and six. My son just smashed a vegetarian Ethiopian meal. I call it bootleg Ethiopian meal because I'm not Ethiopian. But those ingredients, I talked to some Ethiopian friends. I pulled them together, made a nice meal. My three-year-old smashed all the food on his plate. Matter of fact, he asked for seconds because I put it in front of him. That's what I served him. That was for dinner. So, yes, make it a family affair. And also, too, support is important. Some people say, you know what, I just got to have my soda. Okay, if you have to have your soda, here's some alternatives. You can do flavored mineral water. Fruit-infused water is absolutely wonderful. Unsweetened tea, it does take some getting used to, but there are all sorts of wonderful herbal teas on the market that don't need sugar. Even if you drink it hot or cold, sugar's not necessary. And you can use kombucha without added sugar as well. Final thought, diabetes doesn't have to be a death sentence. I just gave you all some tips on how to prevent it and how to navigate the diagnosis once you're diagnosed. But as you can tell, it'll take some diligence to prevent and control. To use my grandmother's words, because a lot of people in my family have diabetes, control your blood sugar. Otherwise, it will control you, as shown through the complications that I mentioned. Feeling like a popsicle in the hospital? Well, ditch the hospital chills. Scrubmates, a base layer designed by a healthcare professional, understands the struggles of staying warm. Keep yourself toasty and your valuables secure with convenient zipper pockets. Support a small female-owned business and try Scrubmates today. You'll get 15% off your order using my code, RADTEXT, at checkout. Thanks, Scrubmates, for bringing us this episode of a couple of RADTEXT podcasts. Now let's get into the episode. Also, too, a lot of people, Doc, I just have a family history of it. I mean, it is what it is. No, you cannot defeat your genetic makeup, but you can defeat inherited harmful habits. Instead of having a huge soul food dinner, soul food dinner for your Sunday meal, there are actually other healthier options. You can make the soul food healthier. And then lastly, striving for generational health. And I'll mention my family. That was my pandemic garden. I didn't put anything in the ground this year because I actually have a hernia. I'm going to get surgery done on it. And my surgeon said, okay, you don't need to be lifting anything more than 10 pounds on my chest. And I'm the one who likes to pour the dirt in my raised bed and go digging and everything else. I could let my husband do it, but that's my thing. It's just doing what I love, being in the dirt. And then there's me at Arabian Mountain with my son. That was, what, two years ago? Two New Year's Eves ago. And this is us out at Yellow River. And thank you much. That's all I have for you.
That was excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. I am going to just, we got a couple questions in the chat. If you want to go through it really quick, just to see, you know, which ones you would be able to answer. I am going to share my screen really quick while you do that. And if you will put your, con I put your contact information in there, but if you want to put it in again, Dr. Eccles is local to Georgia. Um, I'm not sure she does telemedicine, so she could tell you she does telemedicine, but she is an amazing physician, as you can see. So I'm going to share my screen really quick, just to share some options that Charlene was talking about that we have for our program that we do every month. It is called the Shred 10. And what we do, we don't shred weight. We don't, you know, that's not the purpose of it. Because as Dr. Eccles mentioned, diets just don't work. This is lifestyle that we're talking about, prevention and lifestyle. So the Shred 10 is something we do every month. It's 10 days out of each month that we start to create habits, habits of healthy eating and healthy living. And you will be amazed at the things you can do. You can do anything for 10 days. What we do is add real food to your life. You eat real food. You saw the meal prepping that goes on. So we do meal prepping. Uh, those shakes that she made, they are safe for diabetics, low glycemic. You drink plenty of water. Remember Dr. Eccles said, no stress, reduce the stress, minimize it. You know, some things you just can't control. So we want you to concentrate on breathing, getting enough sleep. That is one thing that is not in favor of diabetes. It does raise your blood sugar. She talked about shift workers, people that um, work you know, overnight different shifts, it throws the cortisone levels off. So we want you to get moving also during this time. But we also do want to eliminate things that work against us, which cause inflammation or reduce them. That would be caffeine, alcohol, eating after 6 p.m. And there's some different things to that where, you know, some people can't stop eating after 6 for certain reasons. And processed foods. If you can't not read what's on the label, you might want to shy away from it. You know, eating real food is what works for all of us. And also eliminating gluten, dairy, artificial refined sugars. She talked about sugars as well. So that is one thing that we encourage. And I just want to share with you this amazing option. Um, these are some of the folks. I love to share this here. There we go. I'm just going to go through this and share this. These are some of the people that have done our 10-day program. Sleep apnea. Uh, this is my husband. He has sleep apnea and he did the program. He knows his wife definitely is all about healthy eating. And he said, I'm going to try this last one for you. I'll do it. And in a month, he wasn't trying to lose weight and he has not lost muscle or anything, but he literally reduced inflammation and more than just weight. His sleep got better. The memory got better. Um, the cholesterol went down. So his doctor told him he no longer needed that statin drug that he had prescribed for him. So, you know, those are all byproducts of eating healthy, eating a lifestyle that is healthy for you, drinking more water, getting moving. This is his friend who had high blood pressure, was on blood pressure medicines. He saw my husband and he said, I need to try that. His PSA levels were increased all because of inflammation in the body. Inflammation is always, it's not always weight. There are other things that inflammation can affect in our bodies. He did the program, the Shred 10 program. It's been a year and a half and he's been back on our program and shared how he's been able to keep those lifestyle changes up. It was something that was so easy because it's just eating real food and you have the support of a community of people that are all doing this together. Again, it's not a diet. 
Let me go to the next one. There we go. This is Kiosha. You guys have seen her before. She's done our program a lot of times. She has rheumatoid arthritis. She still has it. She's not cured from anything. You know, there's no cure for things, but we can manage and prevent things that we already have and before things get too out of control. And when she started incorporating those four pillars of health, exercising, drinking more water, reducing the stress, eating real food, her doctor, not herself, she, her doctor met with her over a course of a year. And it took a year and some months. This is her most updated picture. And as she says, hallelujah, I have no more cankles. And she got her life back. And this is a young 30-something-year-old woman with rheumatoid arthritis. Again, you can do anything for 10 days. Uh, this is another young lady on the program, bedridden. She has a tracheotomy on oxygen. Six months into the program, she has learned how to cook foods and eat foods she never, ever thought she would eat. She's gained more independence. Her trach was reduced by an inch because she's lost so much weight around her neck. The inflammation has gone down and she's smiling more. You know, she's happy. And that is one thing, you know, that we encourage everybody to look at is, you know, just your overall well-being and feeling good. So Dr. Eccles is not affiliated with Juice Plus, but we do want to share this with you. You have the option to add because for whatever reason, some people have to watch their sugar so they can't eat the fruits and veggies or they're not able to get it in in this, this amount. So what we've been sharing with people is the option to eat more real food in a vegan capsule. It is just food. These are the ingredients that are in it. There's 26 years of research that backs it up by different facilities like Yale, MD Anderson, reputable, independent research that is done. And if you would like to look over those medical journals, you can reach out to the person that invited you. They can share with you that research so you can read it for yourself. But again, it's just food. And this is something that I started eating in 99 and I started growing my own. So I stopped Then I started back using it because I'm not growing as much as I used to. And some of these things I just can't grow. So I have noticed for myself personally, what eating real food does, whether you grow it or whether you don't grow it. Now, I'm a big advocate of omegas. My ophthalmologist recommends omegas for some eye issues that some of his patients have. And these are omegas three, five, six, seven, and nine, void of the fish. No fish is in them because fish don't contain omegas. Omegas are great even for diabetes, managing diabetes. I think it's omega six. I, don't quote me. It's either six or seven. And Dr. Eccles might be able to tell you that. But it's one of these omegas, six or seven, that helps you to feel that sense of fullness when she talked about those different hormones in the body when it comes to diabetes and where you don't have, where you have the sensation where you're not full. These omegas help you do that. So beyond just brain health, omegas are good for a lot of other things. And these are the oils from the plant, no fish involved. These are the shakes that Chef Charlene made in her ice cream. And again, the ingredients are just food. They are just food. My OBGYN actually introduced me to these shakes because of the mushrooms in them for my hormones. Uh, she really wanted me to try these and I'm glad that I did listen to the second doctor that told me to take them. I didn't listen to her, but I listened to the second one. But they are great for diabetics, low glycemic, they stabilize the blood sugar and just a really good source of another way to get in that soluble and insoluble fiber. That is very key. You heard Dr. Eccles talk about the key to diabetes type one, Fiber, fiber, fiber. We all need fiber. You hadn't heard of too many people lacking protein, but what we do lack is good nutrition and fiber. So this does not replace food. Just want to make sure I say that it is a bridge between what we need to eat and what we don't eat. And there are various reasons why people cannot get it in. And this is an amazing option. Again, it is not a vitamin, but it is food heavily researched, NSF certified, which is third party. What's on a label is in the product. Again, this is not to cure conditions or diseases. It is just helpful plant-based nutrition, highly concentrated with 
over 20 years of research. And here is the research. This is another local Atlanta doctor, Dr. Richard DeBose from Atlanta Medical. He's retired now, uh, but he still lives in Georgia. And he actually got Juice Plus into Atlanta Medical and they put it in the feeding tubes of ICU patients. They recognize the power of real food to the healing capabilities of the body. So children get to eat it for free for four years. And when an adult participates in the program, and there's been remarkable research behind it as well. Uh, my nieces are two living results of it. So these are just really good options for getting in food. And the Tower Garden is amazing for those that want to grow indoors, outdoors. Whatever your reason for not being able to grow, this is another option. So I want to thank everyone. And I want to open it back up to Dr. Eccles. There are a couple questions in there that a couple people had, if you feel comfortable answering any. See, I was actually answering them in the chat. Oh. Okay. So you guys check the chat out. Yeah, that's good. Okay, perfect. So one question, is vitamin B12 important to the prevention of diabetes? And if yes, why? And I said, it doesn't necessarily prevent diabetes, but it's a wonderful supplement. And of course, to help heal, always tell my patients, plant-based diets are the way to go. They really are. And sometimes as a result of that, your B12 levels can be low to due to that. And that's okay. And then if that's the case, B12 supplement may help. B12 is water-soluble, so it basically means that it's a vitamin that you urinate out, essentially. So yes, you would actually need more B12. And in terms of avocado oil, she asked if avocado oil was good. I said avocado oil is good. Avocados themselves are even better. Oh, yeah. I was asked also, what level would you have to have your A1C be in order to be put on metformin? And I said for prediabetes, it essentially depends on your physician. But an A1C over seven, I should say at least twice. Yeah, it would probably be time at that point, along with lifestyle modification. Nice. Someone mentioned... Her cortisol mentioned by two medical professionals, cardiac and diabetes, exercise and proper rest. Yes, it does. Gonna increase, she's gonna inquire to PCP about cortisol. Thanks for the education. Yes, I logged out. Metformin side effects help make me nauseous. Is there anything I can take to help with the nausea? That is a side effect of metformin. GI side effects can happen with metformin. In that case, I would say if you're not already on it, Talk to your doctor about doing metformin extended release. Less side effects with that. B-complex vitamin. Is that sufficient to take? B-complex vitamins are fine as long as your B12 level, as long as that has sufficient B12. Is it possible for someone to come off metformin? Absolutely. Hard work. Possible. Not impossible at all. And how much B12? Typically a thousand micrograms a day in the form of methylcobalamin. Some people also are not able to take oral B12 because they have an issue with their stomach where their intestine can't absorb it. So if that's the case, then you there are other formulations of B12 that you can take, such as nasal. There's a nasal B12 now. Really? Oh, wow. Like this a is, spray, like a flow name. Wow, this is, that's amazing. Now, I just want to really touch, these are great questions, but I'm finding more people with children with type 1 diabetes. I know you talked about type 1 and type 2. It's a lot of kids out there with type 1 t- diabetes. And you mentioned that, you know, lifestyle modifications for both, type 1 and type yes. 2. And I love how you said you incorporate your children in healthy eating. I just am blown away with how many more kids are getting this type 2 and type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that, the way we eat and the way we live 
it's not always the food, but the way we live as well. People live in really stressed environments at home. Like some kids are stressed out like adults, you know, working five jobs. You know, it just makes no sense. So unless you said this all encourages high A1Cs and blood sugars. So what is, I know you mentioned getting out and doing some things. When it comes to meals, you look at the meals that some kids are fed in school, the way that parents eat. I was in a grocery store the other day and the mom was shopping and it was all of this packaged food. It just, all this packaged food. What are some simple things? Cause I'm not a parent. Just what are some simple things maybe that your kids like to eat? Maybe people, adults, cause I find the parents don't know, you know, what eating healthy looks like. That I must say is a challenge. And I guess I'm in a position of, I'll say a position of privilege because when I was growing up, my mother was diagnosed with type two diabetes and hypothyroidism at the same time. And I was in high school. So she was exhausted. So guess who had to cook? Guess who had to cook food that mama had to eat? So I had, this is essentially for me, a long time coming to the point now where, of course, you know, you're telling your patients, or I'm telling my patients, well, you know, I know you like your rice, maybe eat brown rice, but eat this portion. Doc, I don't like brown rice. That's all I eat. If it's not quinoa, it's brown rice. That's what my kids eat. Yeah. I, so things like that. I'm trying to think in terms of a good thing to do. Smoothies are good. Of course, you do have to watch the fruit. Mm-hmm. In order to cut some of the fruit, you can add a mild green vegetable like spinach. My kids like spinach and berry smoothies. I favor berries because berries are high in fiber with that low glycemic index. In terms of other things to eat healthy, complex carbohydrates, beans or rice, Instapot, crock pot your beans if it's a time issue. And I actually have a rice cooker and the rice cooker will shut off when the rice is done and it stays warm all day. I get home and I essentially have a hot meal. String beans, for instance, string beans are not, you can cook those pretty quickly. You mm-hmm. can steam those. And those are done very quickly. So those are very good suggestions. I mean, keeping it simple. I do want to lastly talk about d- kidney damage. My father was on di- uh, dialysis for 18 years. I've had a lot more, working in radiology, I've seen a lot more 30 and 40 year olds with kidney damage and going into dialysis. And that just was not heard of. Like, you know, and I know most of them come, they're diabetic. They're already missing some limbs on their feet. Most of them have neuropathy. And they're still like coming in with a Burger King bag, you know? So when should people, I know they need to pay attention earlier, but are you finding that more people are presenting earlier? And then what do people not really understand about diabetes, what it really leads to? They're presenting younger is what I'm seeing in my office. And I think that stress has a lot to do with, to be honest with you. And stress does also doesn't just affect our sleep. We get a dopamine rush from fast food and sugar. It is what it is. People stressing. They're stressed. Guess what? I'm going to food. Man, I got a promotion. Guess what? I'm going to go out to eat. I mean, it's always, and it's not necessarily the healthiest food. So just, I just want to make a note of that. It's not necessarily the healthiest food that we gravitate for in order to celebrate, in order to relieve our stressful woes at all. So that's one thing. The other, On the other hand, I'm noticing more people coming in and taking diabetes and not wanting to get diabetes a little more serious. Yet again, I still have those people who come in who will look at me in my face with their A1C of nine and tell me that they are not diabetic, okay? Well, check your A1C again, okay? It's now 10. You have diabetes and they will fight me. 
Sometimes I never see those people again. So those people may be the ones that you see coming to dialysis with the Burger King bag. Yeah. I mean, I think so many people just say, well, it's in my genes. My grandma had, I mean, my grandma was diabetic too, but my grandfather wasn't. I just know that I turned out, I'll tell you this, I was diabetic and didn't even know it. And you say I'm skinny. So, you know, I tell people things, you have to really be up on your health. And I changed doctors because nobody ever told me my A1C was, but I think sometimes people look at you and assume, oh, you know, but it's like, no, my numbers, when I went back and looked at my numbers, when I finally got a new doctor and he told me, hey, your blood sugar, I want to test you again because this is 6.7. And then the next time I came, it was 6.9. I'm a vegan, eating clean, but I was doing smoothies. My fiber was not, I was not eating enough fiber either. Mm-hmm. So I got that in check real quick. It took, it was hard work, six months of some hard focus work, but I got options. So, you know, I know what my life could look like if I don't get this in check now. So right. it was just being really focused. But I, I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, you were pre-diabetic. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. I thought I was dizzy because I was just standing up too fast. I thought mm-hmm. my fingers tingling and my feet tingling was because of a neck injury. I did not correlate all of that with the possibility of being pre-diabetic. It can sneak up on you. Yeah. So these are really nice. I mean, one more question. Who, I mean, whole wheat pasta, is it good for diabetics or should they look at whole wheat pasta? I think that's what she's asking. Look at it as a way to have a pasta alternative, but definitely you want to limit pasta because still at the end of the day, it's a carb. It's a carb, but I mean, if you're wanting to transition. And two, don't we eat a lot? I look at, you know, when I coach clients, when we look at their proportion of food, it's just like fried. Also, what I'm glad you mentioned the pasta thing. Another thing I want to say about the Mediterranean diet, people think Mediterranean, ooh, I can eat all the pasta I want. And then I'm real quick to tell them that's the Italian-American diet. True Italian, pasta is a side dish. <laughs> it is not a main course. And it is a portion control side dish. If they tell you eat a half a cup of pasta, I employ everybody. Go get a half cup out of your kitchen everybody should have a measuring cup pour a half cup of pasta in that cup look at it and shed a tear because it's a small amount yeah it's not what you would eat at a restaurant it's not what you would put on your plate at home that's a serving size and that's what italians eat as a side dish not a meal yeah when you go to italy and you get that pasta thing it's nothing like when you go to new york for the pasta it is a small little i call it a salad plate <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's what you eat. And I mean, it's just, it's different how we just eat and our proportions. So when we say certain foods, oh, but yeah, we eat pasta every day, all day. That's when the issues start coming in and we don't add any kind of good quality fibers, grains. You mentioned almonds, mm-hmm. avocados, those things, you know, eating real food. If it's in a box or a bag, try to think of something that doesn't come in a box or a bag and eat it. And I mean, even someone I see here in the chat mentioned, what about zucchini pasta? I mean, zoodles. Zoodles are good. I tried zoodles with my kids. They weren't a fan of them. I was like, okay. They're like, mommy, this is zucchini. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm just going to tell them it's zucchini. I'm not going to say <laughs> this is zucchini noodles. Right. They noodles, they, they're expecting pasta. So after I told them, all right, I made it again. And I'm like, okay, this is zucchini with meat sauce. And they're like, okay. Then they ate it. Then it's like, they're like, we know what noodles are, but it's, you're training them. And you, I want to definitely thank you because a lot of people focus on wealth, generational wealth, 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 and diets and getting skinny, but generational health. I mean, what we've been passed down is what all our parents knew and what their parents right. knew and right. what they could 
what was available to them. Mm -hmm. But now things are different. We can afford different things, whether or not financially afford, but we at least have the education and know how to get what we need to be healthier. And I tell people also too, I said, well, you know, my granddaddy ate that way and nothing happened to him. My great granddad, we've been eating like that. Well, let me explain this. It was a largely agrarian society. People were going out early in the morning in their gardens, plowing those acres, livestock herding. Their lifestyle was extremely active. Ours, conversely, extremely sedentary. Two different lifestyles. That different lifestyle needs another diet. And they don't make us like they used to. That's what I love to say. They just don't make us like that anymore. We don't have the same lifestyle. So thank you so much. The questions are still coming. I mean, people are still putting stuff in the chat. This was a really good conversation. We would love to have you back anytime. And please put your information in the chat. I, I put it in once earlier, but if you, it's probably gotten moved up so far. But if you want to put your website or anything in there, uh, please do. You guys, please check out Dr. Carmen Eccles. She is amazing family doctor. And we do want to invite you to join us every month for 10 days. It's the first Monday of every month. We do the Shred 10. We want to create a community of healthy living where you have support, where you have community, where you do not have to worry about, should I eat this? Should I not eat? You're going to eat real food. And we are going to have recipes that we actually love to eat. You should see some of the things that we eat and we exercise together. We have fun together. We support one another. And that's what it's all about. And we get results, results that last a lifetime. So we encourage you, please, if you haven't joined us yet, reach back to the person that invited you to this event. They can shed more light on what it is about. And uh, thank you so much. Oh, one more question, Dr. Eccles. You said something about skinny. It was during your presentation. Skinny taste. Skinny taste. Okay, Shannon, did you get that? She asked me to ask you about that and I forgot. So thank you again and thank you everyone. If you guys want to tell Dr. Eccles, thank you. Please check her out. Have a good Sunday and thank you for spending it with us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. This is just one of the many free resources I offer to my clients to dump unhealthy habits and begin living. Be sure to visit my website for more free resources and health coaching. Again, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others so they can join the Let's Chit Chat podcast. Have a great day, you guys. See you next episode.